1: Welcome to In Legal Terms from MPB Think Radio, the show all about you and your rights. Our host is Professor Richard Gershon of the University of Mississippi School of Law. I'm Liz Gill. Hello, Professor Gershon.
2: Good morning, Liz. Uh, Great to be with with you this morning, and uh, we're excited uh, this week to welcome Attorney Roberts Wilson to the show to talk about the legal recourse available for veterans who serve and and other people who live uh, at the base, at Marine Base Camp Lejeune, and, and we were talking before the show started, and probably the correct pronunciation is Lejeune, um, between 1953 and 1987. And, and if those people were exposed to toxic drinking water, uh, they may have a cause of action. So, Attorney Wilson, good morning,
0: and thanks for joining us on the legal terms. Good Could morning. A, God, God, I'm sorry. Good Fine. morning, and uh, thank you very much for having me. Longtime listener, first time visitor. So, I'm grateful to be here. Thank you.
2: Well, we're so glad to have you.
0: Could you tell us a little bit about your background and your practice areas before we get into the, the subject? Certainly. Uh, well, my name is Roberts Wilson. I'm born and raised in Mississippi, and I started out in Pascagoula, and I've just been working my way north, but I'm not going to Tennessee. Uh, I've lived in Jackson for a while, went to Mississippi College School of Law and graduated from there in 2003, and uh, eventually moved my, uh, I got married, married my wife, Frankie Wynn from Greenville, Mississippi. And we moved uh, here to Oxford to uh, raise our family. And I started my law practice here in about 2008. And uh, I've my whole career, I've been representing people who were injured uh, by other people, by companies. Uh, we don't represent companies at Roberts Wilson, PA. We represent people. Um, primary area of practice here in Oxford is automobile accidents and general personal injury. But every once in a while we'll get involved in what we in the, in this line of work called mass torts, And that is what the Camp Lejeune case uh, could be fairly described as. And uh, I've done a few of these over the years and I cannot think of a better group of people represent and work hard for than our Marines that were based at Camp Lejeune and affected by this toxic water situation.
2: Well, yeah, we're so, again, so happy to have you
0: talking about this topic
2: because we've seen, you know, a lot about it, but I don't think people know that much about what's going on in terms of this, you know, uh, toxic water situation. And so what exactly happened at Camp Lejeune or Camp Lejeune uh, that uh, got you involved?
0: Well, I uh the the thing that got me was the shocking nature of the uh the whole entire situation. Camp Lejeune is a super fun site and there were numerous uh contributors, if you will, to the problem on Camp Lejeune. Um most the one that most people uh, allude to and discuss is a dry cleaning service that was just across the street from Camp Lejeune. Now, there was plenty going on on the base that caused the problems with the water. But across the street from Camp Lejeune was a clean dry cleaning service that disposed of all their dry cleaning chemicals in a run-of-the-mill septic tank. And if you understand how a septic tank works, it puts water, uh, wastewater into a tank, that overflows into some people call it a leach field. Basically it runs out into the ground and gravity takes it down through the water table, down through the soil. And it's supposed to be filtered and clean before it gets there. And so I know, so what types of illnesses have been caused allegedly by the toxic water at the camp? Well, if I, if I may, uh, I think it's really interesting. um, And you might bring this up later, but the, The way the water, one thing I want to bring up about the water is the, for instance, ABC dry cleaning was uphill from the camp or from the base and the water went down and the wells on Camp Lejeune were very shallow. Some of them were less than 100 feet deep. So you can imagine wastewater that's poisonous going downhill through the water table. Didn't take it very long to reach across the street and get into the water. So the uh, the wells themselves were problematic and there was also disposal of things on the base that would horrify you to, to hear about. There were uh, uh, there was one hor- horrific story that will get your attention. They did radioactive uh, testing on dogs and just buried them in the ground out there. So that's an example of the government's own view. Uh, there's numerous stories about fuel dumps, Uh, radioactive stuff, uh, radioactive materials being disposed of improperly, as well as some chemical weapons that were disposed of improperly. But you asked about the uh, diseases that we're looking at. Um, There are, I heard one person say that there were hundreds and hundreds of different types of diseases that may be associated with this. The problem you've got is what's provable. There may be one study out there showing uh, XYZ illness is caused by one of these chemicals. Um, the problem is going to be proving them. The most, uh, the most proof we have. I'll, if you'd like me to, I'll go through the list of, of diseases that we're seeing, and um, I'll talk about the ones that have the most proof. Uh, the most proof, meaning the cases will be most easily proved. Uh, there's sufficient evidence, we believe, to be uh, to prevail on kidney cancer cases, non-Hodgkin lymphoma, and that should be lymphomas because non-Hodgkin lymphoma covers a bunch of different illnesses, um, leukemias, liver cancer, bladder cancer, major cardiac birth defects, and we'll talk about that a little bit in a minute. Um, I do want to say that there is some evidence out there I'm understanding that some arrhythmias may be relatable to the situation. And and I might stop here. One thing I want to be certain of, this is a good point to stop here for a second. The last thing on earth we want to do as attorneys handling the Camp Lejeune toxic water cases is to Get someone's hopes up about a potential recovery from this uh, from this uh, judgment or recovery or settlement because like any other client, all your clients are special, but let me tell you, the Marines are not people, that, they've been through enough. We don't need lawyers running around out there telling them they're going to get huge settlements unless it is warranted. So I want to be very careful about getting anyone's hopes up Uh, about a particular outcome no lawyer can make any guarantee ever and uh if they do if you hear if you hear a lawyer making a guarantee you might want to look the other direction but uh there is some evidence out there that does not mean that it's sufficient to make a claim uh to prevail in a claim but there is evidence out there that some arrhythmias might be related to the toxic water exposure at camp lejeune um
1: Roberts, hold on just a minute. Let's invite our listeners to participate if they'd like to today. This morning Absolutely. we're talking about Camp Lejeune, Camp Lejeune in North Carolina and individuals who may have lived in that area, been associated with the, the base, the Marines and their families who have lived there. There is a class action lawsuit, and we're talking about some of the ramifications. We could also uh, talk about... Uh, answer some questions on general class actions. Our guest is Roberts Wilson, a attorney in Oxford. And if you'd like to contact us, our email address is legalterms at mpbonline.org. And Professor Gerson, just as a person who went to college in the the late 80s, I thought Superfund was going to be a whole lot bigger issue uh, at least from an accounting point of view, there were all kinds of uh, things you were supposed to put in place to clean up from uh, super funds. I kind of got out of the, the, the business business for a while, but uh, in the late 80s when super fund became established, they were telling everybody, you better put away millions and millions of dollars to account for all of this cleanup.
2: Absolutely. Probably gas stations are the ones that seem to be the ones that really have to clean up. It. But, um, yeah, it's a good point. Um, but we, we didn't, I think, truthfully, though, people didn't know that much about how this all worked. You mentioned, Robert's mentioned the, the water running downhill. The dry cleaner was probably doing something a lot of dry cleaners did at that point. But, yeah, go ahead. I,
0: I don't believe, I've read something along the way that suggested that they didn't start regulating Volatile organic compounds like they do today until the 80s. Um, Doctor, you might have a a more uh, recollection on that than I do. But just the stories that I've heard, it's obvious to me. And of course, growing up in the 70s, we didn't do things the way we do today. And people dump gas, for example, fuel um, out in the woods. You know, all kinds of things that they they would, my understanding is they would order a lot of fuel and they might order too much. So what they would do with the extra fuel they had, they just go dump it out in the woods. Of course, that went straight down into the water table and up into the well.
1: You can join our conversation on our email address, legalterms at mpbonline.org. We're discussing Camp Lejeune and the New River Water Contamination Lawsuit with our guest attorney, Roberts Wilson. So if you're interested in learning more about personal injury from traffic accidents or workers' compensation, I can tell you about a blog that you might like. That's next. Not everybody has a chance to listen to our whole show live. That is so sad. (laughs) I feel for you. So if you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show from our website, inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. Our host is Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. I'm Liz Gill. This morning, we're talking about the Camp Lejeune. Contamination Lawsuit with our guest attorney, Roberts Wilson. If you would like to read some blog articles about car or motorcycle accidents, slips and falls, workers' compensation, our guest's website, that is wegetjustice.com, has a blog, and as we did mention, our guest Roberts Wilson is a personal injury attorney, and I believe that is the topic of our first call. Jan, Jan, we're glad that you've called in from Jackson. What's your comment or question? On local TV stations, I've seen at least five different companies, uh, five different call-in numbers to to call to to uh, report. Uh, people who may have been injured in this way. I've also been getting numerous junk emails that apparently are not genuine, but I, I just would like the attorney to comment on the the process of this whole thing and why so many people are jumping on it, including a lot of people who are apparently trying to fool people into uh, contacting
0: them. Thank you. Thank you, Jan. Thank you for that question. Um, I uh, everybody is amazed at the amount of advertising involved in this. I think that um, there are a lot of different law firms that are advertising. There are also entities that we call lead generation outfits that are that may have a lawyer associated with them. They may not. Um, what I am recommending to people is that they contact a law firm directly that is handling this i would love to be the person you called and would have be happy to answer your questions we're local here in mississippi the lawyers i'm working with are all mississippi lawyers and we will sit down with you and visit with you i'm offering to go uh to people's homes and visit with them i think it's that important this is a tough decision for some folks and uh I would just be very cautious about signing anything until that you, anybody you call and and until you're certain that that is the person that you want to work with. Um, I really, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say you know, plenty of good lawyers out of state. There are plenty of good lawyers in state. I like the idea of being able to offer myself, to come and visit with someone in person, so you meet with a lawyer, not a staffer. Um, and I've heard a lot about these lead generation companies. Sometimes you're, you when you're not dealing with a lawyer, and you think you are, that can be a big problem. Um, I uh, we deal with we compete with lead generation companies. Um, sometimes you end up with a great lawyer. Sometimes you might not. So I would use caution. There are plenty of good lawyers in Mississippi handling. Uh, Camp Lejeune cases and I would encourage you call me I'd be happy to visit with you or at least call someone
1: and one thing that uh, you know we've mentioned on the show in the past one of the best ways to find an attorney is ask your friends who they might have dealt with who they would recommend or you know if you know somebody you know personally uh, they live in your neighborhood they go to your religious institution you went to school with them and you know of them that might be another way professor gershon
2: i was going to say you know i I think wilson's answer was spot on Uh, robert's (laughs) Roberts, uh, answer was spot on we had had a builder wilson roberts who in oxford so i i knew i was going to do that but um we um you know, there's a difference between advertising and solicitation, and a lot of people confuse that when they're they're saying doing an ad for a specific injury like this one or mesothelioma or other ones like that. But that it's advertising because it's just broad-based; they're not targeting a particular person directly. But if somebody were to come to your house knowing that uh, you were injured uh, at Camp Lejeune or by mesothelioma and came to you directly and you'd never met them before, that's solicitation and that's a no-no. So I think a lot of people look at that and they go, why is this not solicitation? Because they're targeting a specific group of people. You know, it's still broad based, not personal. It's advertising.
0: And I would say a lot of these lead generation firms, they're just going to go with it and get away with it as long as they can. Um, I I know we're not here to talk about lead generation, but. Just know who you're talking to and it's always best to call a law firm directly before you make a decision about who you're going to hire.
2: Really good point. So let's, let's, let's kind of move on now with uh, Camp Lejeune. And, and um, so in, in tort law, uh, you got to prove a lot of different things. And one of the most important things would be causation. That whatever you're saying causes harm, whether it's a toxic tort um, or you know an accident, um, so how can you prove causation in a case where the harm took so place, took place so many years ago? I mean, the actual, uh, you know, toxins, people were exposed between 1953 and 1987. So how
0: do you prove that causation? What do you have to prove? There are, I, I don't even know how many studies that are being done currently that have been done that are being done currently or about to start on Camp Lejeune. So there are numerous studies in existence that show some diseases uh, were, were more likely than not, which is a standard, not the only standard, but it shows that it's more likely than not was caused by the exposure at Camp Lejeune. You still have to prove your case. Um, the, uh, you have to prove that you were there, obviously, you have to prove a causal connection to the water at Camp Lejeune to your disease. Um, you don't have to prove negligence. That's a good thing. There's no government immunity here because Congress has has created this claim and it took them long enough. I must say, it took them way too long to take care of these Marines and their families and civilian workers. But the the nice thing about the burden of proof in this. Is you only have to prove that the causal connection or relationship exists was sufficient. The, The level of proof is at least likely as not. Most of us are used to the more likely than not standard, which tips over 50%. Here it can be 50 50 that you worked in, for example, asbestos, and this and I'm just giving this example, I haven't researched this. You worked in, a, in asbestos and you were at Camp Lejeune. If it's as least likely as not that Camp Lejeune caused, Camp Lejeune toxic water exposure caused your illness as asbestos, then you should prevail. So that is a very good thing for folks who are injured and affected by this.
2: Yeah, it's great. That's unusual too. I, I don't remember another situation like that. So they are, I think Congress is finally trying to take care of, of the Marines, as you said.
0: You know, they went through some things year, they and that's a good time to mention how hard many of these people have been working on this for years and years and years. They have spent mu- much of their career trying to right this wrong at Camp Lejeune and they finally got Congress to respond to them. Thank goodness. Now, let's mentioned previously that this is going to be a class action. So how what is a class action and how are they starting? This is not a class action, actually, but a lot of people use that term loosely, and that's okay. Thank um, you for clearing this up. No problem. No problem at all. Uh, a class action is more appropriate in a situation where you have the exact same exposure the exact same injury, exact same damages profile, meaning medical bills, lost wages, pain and suffering. So here in this situation, you have things all across the board, very different types of injuries. You have people that were on different parts of the base that will be um, have a chance to recover, where someone. You know, on the other side of the base might not might have the same disease, but not might not have the same proof. Um, I would add to that. I said something about the different parts of the base. Most people were all over this base. So just because they lived in one particular place like Tarot Terrace doesn't mean they couldn't have proof sufficient to prove uh, a cancer that is mostly caused in another area of the base. The other side of that is when they were out in the field, wherever they filled the water up and carried it out in the field, that's the water that they drank. Um, So it's not a class action. It is unique. It is an unprecedented situation. Um, There's a lot of people that have been in this from the beginning that are that still have plenty of questions. And there are questions coming along every day that uh, I don't want to say. Anybody's feeling a wet, feeling around in the dark, but there are a lot of potential changes that could occur and how this is, gets handled. Like right now, we don't know whether or not claims will be solved at the administrative level or not, for example.
1: Well, we yeah. will take your questions. If you have questions about the Camp Lejeune water contamination lawsuit, email us. Our address oh. is terms at mpbonline.org. We're talking with our guest, Attorney Roberts Wilson from Oxford. There is a big day coming up in three weeks. Are you ready? And if you don't know what's happening in three weeks, you might not be ready. So I'm going to tell you more about that next. You're listening to In Legal Terms. We're on MPB Think Radio. And Professor Richard Gershen is our expert host. I'm Liz Gill. We do hope that you'll subscribe to our podcast. Or another way is to find MPB Think Radio recordings on the website, mpbonline.org slash radio. So what's the big day in three weeks? It's Election Day. The Secretary of State's website, sos.ms.gov, has the section, Y'all Vote. And I think what's wonderful is you can type in your address, you can get your polling place, you can learn about absentee voting, and that has already started, folks. There is a frequently asked section and a voter information guide at the Secretary of State's website. Remember, that's so easy, sos.ms.gov. But today, this morning, we're talking about Camp Lejeune and the contamination lawsuit with our guest attorney, Roberts Wilson.
2: And Roberts, you know, you talked about causation uh, in the last segment, but, you know, I mean, there are other parts to proving a tort. So, you know, would you talk a little bit about those, you
0: know, duty and uh, you know damages Certainly. We do not have to prove negligence in this case. So that is definitely uh, a plus. It makes, makes the job on the attorneys easier. You d- there, you don't, there's no governmental immunity that you have to argue about. Uh, no arguments on general liability at all. The thing I would say is you've got to prove your damages. Um, you've got to prove a causal relationship was at least as likely as not between your exposure and your disease or injury. Um, So the three things you do have to prove, and I've got them right here, exposure to the water for the required period of time, a causal relationship or a causal relationship that it's at least as likely as not that the water caused the injury. Now I mentioned the time period, Uh, right now, the way things are, you have to have been exposed to the water for at least 30 days. It does not have to be consecutive. We have a lot of people in our uh, in our clients, in, in, amongst our clients, for example, visitors from outside the base, grandmothers, cousins, relatives of all sorts that might have come to base to spend a little time. Uh, I heard about a situation where a grandmother came to babysit every once in a while and she strung together way more than 30 days but she wasn't there but a few days at a time Um, some grandmothers grandparents might have been there for months at a time but that is good because marines that left camp lejeune that were there briefly and then came back they can string together uh, enough exposure that could help prove their case if they've been injured
2: well, thank you for that. And, you know, usually, you know, we talk about statutes of limitations, we've got a show on statute of limitations. And, you know, the, the last people affected is 1987. And so, you know, that that's a, that's uh, 25 years ago.
0: Uh, and so how does that work in a, in a situation like this? Well, most everybody involved in this statute of limitations uh, expired long, long ago until Congress came along and uh, went to work finally to take care of these people. So they created a cause of action with a two-year statute of limitation that started running on August 9th or 10th, depending on how you look at it. Uh, the, it some people will say you better count it as August 10th. Some people say count it as August 9th. But let me tell you, do not wait until two days before the statute to do anything on this. I would, I would advise anybody affected by this to take action long, long before that. Um, you do have a two-year statute of limitations here, but if you're thinking about people that may have died, for example, in 1987, tracking down those medical records. I've got a potential client that doesn't live in the United States that was in a foreign country and passed away. Think about how long it's going to take to get those medical records. Um, there's a lot of things that you you just don't want to wait to, to deal with this. You do. There's no emergency right now. I want to make that clear. But it's time to talk to somebody about this. Um, I'd love to talk to you myself, but at least talk to an attorney who understands Camp Lejeune claims and uh, talk to somebody. Roberts,
1: hold on just a minute before we proceed. Uh, We've got a call from Biloxi. It's Carrie. Carrie, I think we might have addressed your question, but we'll uh, say it again. Um, What's your comment or question for Roberts Wilson? We're talking about the Camp Lejeune uh, toxic lawsuit.
2: Yeah, you may have uh, mentioned this. I didn't hear the whole program. How long do you have to be exposed
0: is one of my questions. That can, I'm happy to, thank you for your question, Carrie. Happy to repeat that. And it is a very important question. You have to be exposed for at least 30 days. The important part of that is, let's say you went to Camp Lejeune for two weeks for something, and then you came back for another two weeks, or you were only there as a visitor every other weekend for 10 years, whatever the case might be. You have to have been exposed to the water for at least 30 days in order to qualify, but it doesn't have to be consecutive.
1: Anything else, Carrie?
2: Well, um,
1: would Camp Geiger be included in this? Like
0: part yes. Of the Camp Lejeune complex? Anything within the Camp Lejeune umbrella is what I'll call it for, for these purposes, needs to be looked at. Um, I've, originally when we first got involved in this we were getting a lot of calls by people who were saying they were at new river and they were being rejected by other law firms and i said wait a minute what what why in the world what do they know that i don't know well it turns out they were just making a mistake um and it's important uh to to mention this if a a law firm turns you down do not stop talking to lawyers You need to get some lawyers have a very, very strict criteria for this. And you may have a chance at prevailing in a claim, but you just need to call someone else. Never take a law under any circumstances, never take a lawyer's letter declining your case as uh, gospel that you don't have a case because many, many times you still have a case. And I've settled a lot of claims that other lawyers chose not to be involved with.
1: And for those of you who are listening right now who might not have heard the the beginning of our show or can't stay on till the end, our show will be podcast. And you can listen to the podcast of In Legal Terms on any podcasting platform. It's on our website and you can find all of the MPB radio shows podcasts on the MPB site, MPBonline.org slash radio carrie do you have any other follow-up questions no i
2: don't thank you very much
1: all right we uh, appreciate you calling in we have another call this is from gloucester it's vivan or vivian vivian uh welcome to in legal terms what's your comment or question i have a question regarding how to prove negligence in a case
0: you do not have thank thank you for your call vivian i appreciate it the question. Um, You do not have to prove negligence here. You just have to prove that you were exposed to the water, that a causal relationship exists, or it's at least as likely as not to exist. Um, So, that is certainly something that we're grateful for in this situation. It's going to help these Marines quite a bit.
1: Okay, what I wanted to know
0: in any case, what does it take to prove negligence?
1: Oh, Oh, for a different case. Pardon me.
0: Thank you for okay. thank you for that question. Uh, back in law school, uh, and, and certainly, Professor Gershon, if you'd like to address this, uh, duty owed, duty breached, uh, is generally what I would say to the, to respond to that. Um, if 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 you have a duty to someone that you do not use, uh, due care, and you harm them, that's negligence. Um, so you would have to for example speeding if someone's in a car wreck and they were speeding and they caused a wreck that's negligence if the speeding caused i would say it's negligent to speed no matter what but if certainly if the speed contributed to the cause of the accident that's negligence and yeah one thing
1: okay thank you Vivian. go ahead professor gershon
2: I was just going to say the duty Vivian is really because I was, you know, Roberts is exactly right. But the, um, the duty in that case is any of us on the road, have a duty to have drivers to, to be reasonable. Uh, you know, and if you're speeding, you're not being reasonable. And so, you know, um, but if that person you hit is drunk, then they can be negligent too. So, you know, that's what lawyers have to sort out.
0: Yeah. And I would say to, to both, Carrie, if you're still listening, number one, thank you for your call. And Vivian, also, it is so important to, to not depend on our advice here. Your situation is very particular, and I would encourage you to certainly you're welcome to call me and talk about all the facts of your the situation you're concerned about. But a lawyer needs to talk to a person um, not just on the radio. They need to visit with them, take a lot of questions, ask a lot of questions, get to the bottom of what's going on. Um, in regard to Carrie's question, uh, I think it's very important that if you were not exposed, for example, Carrie, uh, if, if someone you're calling about was not exposed for more than 30 days, uh, if you only have two weeks exposure in that situation, I would definitely call a lawyer and talk to them about the entire situation. Do not just determine, do not just take one piece of information and say, I don't have a claim and move along is what I'm trying to convey there. Uh, and I would be happy to visit with you personally. Um, you're welcome to, may, may I give my my number?
1: Go Go right ahead and we'll also have it on our <laughs> okay. podcast.
0: All right. My number is 662-533-9111, or you can visit us on the web at wegetjustice.com. I'm happy to answer anybody's questions about any particular situation, but all situations need to be uh, individually examined.
1: Our guest is Attorney Roberts Wilson. We've been talking about the Camp Lejeune and New River water contamination lawsuit. I've got another voter tip for you coming up how to find out who and what your choices will be at the polls thank you for being part of in legal terms hey if you've missed any of this program don't worry you can listen to the whole show on the mpb think radio youtube channel It's also available on the MPB Public Media app, as are all of our local shows. Our host is Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. I'm Liz Gill. Hey, at 11 a.m. Central on Tuesdays following our over-the-air broadcast, you can hear Southern Remedies, Relatively Speaking, with Dr. Susan Buttress on MPB Think Radio. Okay, so in three weeks, we have the general election, so I'm encouraging everybody to go to the Secretary of State's website, sos.ms.gov. Click on that Y'all Vote, and you can find your polling place. But did you know that it also lets you know who is going to be on your ballot? So on my ballot, I've got the, the congressional race, which everybody in the whole country has, but then I also have four judges races. And now you've got three weeks. You've got some time. Learn. Learn who will be making and interpreting your laws so that you can be an informed voter. That's my that's my challenge to you. We're talking with attorney Roberts Wilson about the Camp Lejeune and New River water contamination lawsuit. Um, Roberts, we did get an email that said, are there any reports of Marines having health issues that served at Camp Lejeune from 2000 through 2018, or was the water contamination issue resolved by this time?
0: We are told that the water was resolved. Water problem was resolved in 1987, uh, and so that would eliminate that person from this uh, from the situation. Um, but, goodness gracious, who knows what could happen down the road. Oh,
1: that, uh, that, yeah, that, that's very sad. All right, let's do go to the phone. We have a call from Jackson, and David has called in. David, thank you for being part of In Legal Terms today. What's your comment or question?
0: Yeah, my question is,
2: what about spouses of people who are harmed, like a, a husband whose um, who's spouse uh, you know, had serious conditions or died?
0: In the which Machine matter. It's a standing question, I guess. Thank you. Thank you so much for that call. Um, You will need to have the appropriate representative who can pursue that claim. Um, That is a question that will require uh, analysis by an attorney. To look at the whole situation and determine how the estate was handled, if there was an estate, if there was an administrator appointed, etc. I would encourage you to contact a lawyer. I'd be happy to visit with you myself, but that spouse definitely has a claim that uh, the surviving spouse has a claim that I would definitely recommend that they look into. Were there,
1: Roberts, were there family that I've got family who have lived in the military and, you know, kids and wives and things lived on the base there uh, at at my family's bases. Did families live at Camp Lejeune also?
0: Absolutely. Uh, There were kids swimming in the pool. Okay, there were swimming pools. There were drinking the water. There were and, and this applies to someone who was only on Camp Lejeune in the womb so in utero so let's say a mother gave birth uh a month or so after she left camp lejeune well that baby would have been exposed to the water the entire time they were in the womb or whatever time that she may have visited camp lejeune um i do want to bring something up the uh the act the camp lejeune justice act applies to people who were at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987. And it applies to everyone who was on base, civilian employees, visitors, Marines, people from other branches of, gov- uh, other branches of the military that might've been there taking a class, learning a skill. Uh, for example, there's a lot of Navy people that are on the base. That's the way it is today. So anybody that was on base for at least 30 days does not have to be consecutive um, between 1953 and 1987. My advice is to look into this, check on it, talk to an attorney that knows what they're talking about, and find out whether or not you or your family member might have a claim.
1: Roberts, one quick question while we're wrapping up the show, the VA also has a a website. Correct. What is tell us about the difference between someone possibly handling this themselves or having a personal representative having an attorney? Why would you choose to have an attorney if you could just go to the VA's website and click on their links?
0: Thank you very much for that question. that is that is. Certainly, something that must be addressed. There are two different types of claims that are being made. You go to the VA for disability benefits and things of that nature. That is not what this Camp Lejeune Justice Act is about. To date, there are about three or four thousand people who have got service-related injuries or illnesses uh, that are attributable to Camp Lejeune. So, there's not that many people that have been approved for for benefits through the VA, um, certainly not nearly as many as could potentially qualify, but this is a separate claim. This is a separate and distinct matter. And I have heard a lot about people, uh, considering their, their, first of all, let me put it clearly. There's a lot of disinformation out there about what this is about and how it works how hard it's gonna be, how easy it might be. Easy is not a word that I would associate with this situation. Um, there are many, many mistakes that you can make in the claim form filing. You have to do it, file an administrative claim form with the Navy JAG. No one is certain right now. There is no consensus about whether or not these claims will be resolved at the administrative level or not. It's possible that they will all be denied or will languish until they are uh, constructively denied after six months and go to Justice Department, or they wait for you to file your lawsuit. Um, I would not, the, the thing about the claim form that I have to be really clear on, everything you put on that claim form could potentially limit your recovery should you need to file the lawsuit, hire a lawyer and file a lawsuit. If you mess up the, uh, the claim form, You may be married to that claim form. And I would say it is very likely that you will be married to that claim form for the entire life of your case. And if you've limited yourself because you uh, weren't thought you were told you could do it on your own and you could handle it on your own, no problem by someone uh, who thought they know what they were talking about, you may have a problem finding a lawyer because they look at that claim form and like, my goodness, there's there's. There's nothing nothing left here for me to do. You're limited to X amount, or you didn't do this, or you didn't put the fill in the correct field. Um, there are lawyers that are that are poring over these things, and uh, I would say any lawyer that's working on this is nervous about making sure everything gets done appropriately. So a layperson um, really really needs to talk to me. So I I cannot uh, encourage people enough. You get a free initial consultation from most lawyers handling these claims. Certainly the lawyers I know in Mississippi, nobody's going to charge you that i in Mississippi. The lawyers that I know are not going to charge you a fee. It's a contingency fee case. So take advantage of that free initial consultation. Make sure that you are comfortable with the lawyer and you, you feel comfortable with the advice they're given before you hire them. I would be happy to visit with you myself. Um, But the last thing I would want my relative involved in this to do is to rely on somebody that says, oh, you don't need a lawyer. You can do this yourself. This is this is a bunch of lawyers trying to make money, et cetera, and all that. Let me tell you, this is a complicated matter. And And the last thing.
1: And on that, we have to to go. And, you know, what I would say if I had family that had been stationed at that base, if you were at that base during that time period, be sure you get a thorough medical checkup and that you don't have undiagnosed issues because we care about your health and uh, hopefully, you know, you'll you're you you do not have any latent issues thank you roberts wilson we really appreciate you being on our show today thank you thank
0: you thank you
1: we'll have uh, links uh to the things we've talked about on the description for this show information so we uh, appreciate our crew jay white our intern charles arnold and for professor richard gershon who hosts from the university of mississippi school of law i'm liz gill thanks for tuning in to in legal terms on mpb think radio
0: this